Alright, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, I'd actually decided to go back and finish up an old podcast from my original one, Nerd Stuff with Ian. And it was starting, starting with the first DC Black Label book they ever did, which was Batman Damned. And I figured I wanted to kind of go over it. I figured it's been a while. And figured, does the story still hold up? And kind of give my idea and thought of, should DC, you know, have continued DC Black Label, or should they continue it? And are some of these, you know, stories, you know, should they be something that, you know, you as a reader really should get into? So... I'll kind of go over the quick controversies of the book real quick before I kind of get into it. So when the book initially came out, you know, DC's big thing was, hey, this these DC Black Label books, they're not meant for kids. They're meant for, you know, 18 plus. Like, they're meant to, you know, really be adult stories, dealing with adult themes. And to me, I thought that was a great idea because I felt as though, in a lot of ways, a lot of the DC books, like, they were pushing it. But they really didn't push, like, the full adult theme. Like, you really didn't have a lot of great stories that could... Like, you had stories that could be told and great stories that were capable. But at the end of the day, you could limit up a writer. And, you know, what would be interesting to deal with, you know, Batman dealing with all sorts of crazy shenanigans like he did. So, of course, DC was like, well, let's just come up with, like, a separate you know, DC title for adult books, let's see how they sell. And DC Black Label more or less was formed. That's kind of like just the quick way to do it. They, I think they always kind of knew they wanted to do more adult books and go more the graphic novel route. Because why not? Because I think it would make sense. But eh, it's either here or there. So when the first issue dropped, that was back in September of 2018, almost two years ago now, at this point, Within the physical copy of it, not the digital, the digital was fixed very quickly. But the physical copy, you had a fully nude Bruce Wayne with a silhouette of his lower half. That was shown, and the art- artist, Lee Bajermo, I think was how you say his last name. He, I mean, he did beautiful artwork for it and everything like that. But it got a lot of controversy because, of course, you showed Batman's lower half. And DC, of course, is like, yeah, like, we thought it would go over well, and then all of a sudden the public starts, like, a little bit being thrown off, and they're like, oh, no, 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 we gotta fix that. So what they did is, any digital copy, immediately just completely blacked out the area, left it alone, and then you had any other subsequent copies going forward, any reprintings, anything like that, they were blacked out. They made sure of that. This way, you can see it. But if you got one of the original copies with it in there, to be honest, it really didn't make much of a difference to a lot of the people. But now that original book sells for a lot more now than it would have if the book had not had any changes. So a lot of scalpers and people on the comic book market bought the book, the original copy, and we're like, yo, I can sell this book for way more now instead of 
this book being like maybe a $6 book, I can sell this book for like 90 plus. And it's due to the fact that it became a very rare book and it was DC's first, you know, book out the gate for DC Black Label, especially with all the controversy, everything like that. And it, it goes more in depth, but it was the first time DC really ran back what their original game plan was for their book title. For at least their initial idea and runs on DC Black Label. So that was kind of like the whole controversy. Of course, it really didn't last very long. It just kind of just, for comic book readers, they're kind of like, okay, I guess we kind of see what's going to happen now. And they kind of just were like, okay, well, I guess we'll just take it however, even though you know people want to call out DC or whatever. In the day, we just kind of just accepted it. It wasn't like it was anything crazy. So let's get into the story. So the story starts off with pretty much Batman and Joker having pretty much their final battle. And all of a sudden, pretty much, if I recall, Batman, Joker have it out. And Batman ends up, you know, of course, falling over into into Prince Gotham City Harbor. And Joker is supposedly dead, like he had died in the battle against Batman. Like, and Batman, of course, is blamed for it. And Batman, of course, has to find a way to, in a lot of ways, you know, prove he, he didn't kill the Joker for himself kill the joker and the story is written by brian azzarello with art by lee bergermo and it goes through all these different facets of bruce wayne's life lead into those moments after you know batman versus joker's last battle you know you have where bruce is looking at his past and things don't seem all that right and it's due to the fact that, you know, he's he's seeing stuff like his dad was cheating on his mom. And his whenever Bruce was trying to get his dad's attention, Bruce's dad, Thomas, was with another one. He's like, don't ever talk to my child. Don't ever do this. Don't ever do that. You know, really and truly being very shady and playing up on a lot of, you know, ideas that Thomas Wayne wasn't the man that Bruce thought he was, and that the relationship that Thomas and Martha had was not as rock solid as it could be. I mean, they have some very interesting moments within that showing that Bruce, in a lot of ways, was always a lonely child, and even with his parents, he was truly lonely, and I thought it was a good dichotomy for the character. Now, within this, you have Batman, of course, you know, really and truly... Trying to figure out what's going on. He's like, well, I don't feel like this is fully real. Like, I don't know, is Tom is my, were my parents really that bad? Or was it that, you know, someone's controlling me? So, of course, Batman, of course, being the person who he is, he goes, I need to see Constantine. Which, of course, was just a cool thing to throw out there. So, of course, Batman goes to visit John Constantine, who is one of the more powerful wizards, or magical beings in DC, I should put it that way. And he's had his own publication for a while under the title Hellblazer, and 
he's had a lot of prolific writers write for him under the Vertigo, which essentially was DC's original, you know, adult st- storyline where you had Doom Patrol, you had Hellblazer, you had Lucifer, you had Preacher, you had a lot of different titles that wouldn't normally sell under the DC label. But DC could have another company writing these different titles that dealt with more of their magical and Christian, Christianological, or I guess, Christianity-filled themes is what they went for. And it wasn't until later they kind of like molded them together. So, of course, Batman finds John Constantine. John Constantine goes, I think you're being, you know, someone's haunting you. After, you know, Bruce has kind of gone through... And really and truly, he's, he's figuring himself out. You know, I think one of the best scenes, that, and to me, I think was just an amazing scene that Libra did, was that involved the, the scene that had to get blacked out, was Bruce, you know, taking off the costume. And just having this moment of, like, I, I'm, I'm done, I'm, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. You know, like, I don't know. And then just looking back, and the suit is just, in all its purposes, it's just looking back at him, and Bruce just feels as though he'll never escape it. And it plays on that. That's more or less what issue two, or issue one dealt with, was kind of like Batman going through, and just dealing with that concept, meeting with John Constantine. Issue two dealt with, you know, Batman, of course, you know, being... The detective he is, he's, of course, he's like, well, somebody's, you know, after talking with John Constantine, he's like, well, somebody's, you know, control, trying to manipulate me magically. Like, how do I go about getting out of that? So, of course, he starts seeking out the people who are more willing to help. John Constantine's not really wanting to help Batman in his own way. He's kind of like, he's like, yeah, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're on your own. And Batman's like, well, all right, I guess this sucks. I hate you too. And Batman, of course, starts seeking other magical beings. He runs into Etrigan the Demon, and he runs into, which, I guess, his Etrigan the Demon, when Lee Bajerma did it, was very different <laughs> than most, I would, that's the way I want to put it. It was definitely an uh, <laughs> interesting take on him. He definitely has like, more metal in his face and stuff like that. And he talks to the demon, and of course, the demon, of course, speaks in riddles, which is a part of the demon Etrigan. Or, I guess, no, not riddles, but, uh, speaks in rhymes, I guess is the best way to put it. And, of course, Batman kind of figures it out, and Batman's like, okay. So, he's like, well, you're not going to be much help. I'm going to go find Zatanna. And that's where he comes across Zatanna, and during all this... I talked about earlier, Bruce is going through different points in his life with his parents that's been slowly eating at him. And, of course, Batman's kind of like, I don't know if this is real, if this is fake, I don't know what to do, what to think, what anything. Zatanna pretty much, more or less, brings up to him, she's like, you are being, someone's, you know, haunting you. Someone is truly, you know, trying to manipulate you and really control you. And Batman's like, well, who? And she's like, I, I don't know. So, of course, Batman being who he is, he's like, well, i got to figure this out. 
And during this, he ends up running across Harley Quinn. And Harley Quinn ends up getting the jump on him. And a very ridiculous scene they wanted to go forth. And again, this was more adult. A lot of stuff happens there. And it's stuff against Batman's will. I'll let you guys kind of read it if it's something you guys want to. But she very much goes forth and starts trying to do stuff against Batman's will. And that's kind of how issue two ends. Issue three opens up where Batman's able to get away from Harley Quinn. He's able to really, you know, get himself to a good spot. And Batman slowly starts recognizing that there's another magical being out there that could be manipulating him. And it deals with the Enchantress. Now, the DC's Enchantress you guys probably saw in Suicide Squad. Well, within Suicide Squad, you had... She's a very powerful magical being, and she's able to, of course, manipulate people's thoughts and minds and everything like that. And, of course, Batman is, you know, going through this with... As best he can to kind of really and truly... You know... Get himself on right. Now, what I should have mentioned before was... Batman has no memory of how how the battle between him and Joker ended. He just knows the Joker died, and he woke up in the go- and he fell over into the go- Gotham River. And during this, you also see, you know, Dead Man, who is a very interesting character. He's more or less a ghost character. He, you know, he ends up trying to help out Batman, and it goes. Through a lot as Batman goes to really has to just stop Enchantress from really and truly manipulating him and taking advantage of his fears is everything he's been. And during this, you have, I guess, to bring it all up, just kind of like round it up and fill in spot right there. You had where the reason why Harley Quinn was after Batman was realistically because of the death of the Joker and she blames him. So I have to kind of give context on that for you guys. And at the end, you have Batman finally able to, you know, break everything to, you know, defeat Harley Quinn to really kind of get himself back on the right track. And in all intents and purposes, you know, he's been just nonstop and it's just, it's wearing him down over time. And at the end, you, of course, you see the Spectre, who is a very powerful being in the DC Universe, that pretty much that he reveals that it wasn't Batman that killed the Joker, that it was actually pretty much the Spectre who pretty much that I'm trying to think how I want to word this. That so I'm trying to remember, because it's been a minute. So, Batman didn't really know whether he did it or not. And the Spectre decided to enlighten him be like, Yes, you really did let Joker fall to his death. At first, he was going to let Batman believe that, you know, Batman wasn't really the cause. But he's like, no. It really is your fault. You let Joker die. And that it's really on you. 
And it ends with Batman looking at the corpse of the Joker in a morgue. Where Batman's kind of like, you know, I, I, I killed him. And Batman, of course, has to, you know, realistically just deal with his decision. And at the end of it, it pans out to a shot of, with more or less the, it, it was a weird ending to it. Pretty much, somehow, Batman's spirit just dissipates, and it's weird as anything else, because Batman regrets killing the Joker, and then the Joker emerges from the river. I always thought it was a weird ending for it all, and it really and truly was like a weird thing. It, it, it went through a lot of different things. That happened. So. I would definitely say. That of the DC books. The DC Black Label books. This one had a lot of potential. But it definitely deals a lot with. Magic. And. <laughs> again it's it's a weird one. It's one that I chose due to the fact that. It is very weird. And it definitely deals with more of the magical side. And as you guys heard, like it just it ends weird. And when I had to rethink about it and relook up and reread scenes real quick, it kind of just showed how weird the story can be. So there's definitely better ones like pretty much Batman White Knight, the Curse of the White Knight, Batman White Knight. You have Woman Wonder Woman Dead World. You've had Batman Last Night on Earth. You have a lot of great books. This was just the one that really started it off. So hopefully for this kind of like interest you, if you guys are like, hey, I'm kind of looking more into like the DC, you know, DC spiritual magical realm, then I definitely suggest reading it. I'm probably going to be reading it myself again, just to kind of be, to really and truly kind of be like, just to kind of maybe there might be something I miss because it's definitely one of those stories that, at least to me, at least with Batman Damned, I have to kind of go back and reread again and again for this because there might be stuff even I've missed and how I went through it. It is still just a very <laughs> utterly weird story to the end of the day. So. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Hopefully if it's something that does catch your eyes as you go through it. I will say the artwork is fantastic. And it definitely is worth, you know, picking it up. Now with that being said, with the ending and everything like that, that might be really the only deterrent with it. But I think overall, I think if you are looking for that type of story, then I definitely suggest it. So with that being said, you guys have a great day and uh, later.